The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. How do we do this again? Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and two people who've just returned after a two-week vacation. <laughs> I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got a Whitman sampler of tech news to consume, and I take a look at Microsoft's built-in troubleshooters for Windows. Aha. Uh-huh. I like it. But uh, first, welcome back. Thank uh, you. How did that gear bag work out that you packed so studiously for your As, vacation? Uh, you know, I really do have to post a picture of of my gear bag but as expected i maybe used a third of the stuff and i had it with you you had it i had it with me it was there in case i needed it yes and there were several occasions where my kids or my wife needed something and i had it in my bag yeah boom right there so no one can make fun of you and you ended up working because you also produce a music show and a very Uh famous queen of soul yes Passed on in yes, the past two it weeks, was which was weird, horrible, though. but yeah. I was producing, uh, I was listening to Aretha Franklin, you know, just marinating in her soulfulness and putting together the show at a Disney resort. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was kind of really bizarre. It was very surreal. There's like Pluto walking by. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, listening to... Rocksteady. Yes, yeah. it was just really, really... It's one of those moments, it happens to me a lot, where... Just you realize the surrealness of what's going on. And when you live in New York, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, every day is surreal. Every day is surreal. But this was like out of my comfort zone surreal. So it was kind of bizarre. But I have to tell you a story. Tell me a story. I know you don't have a preteen daughter. No. But I do. Good luck with that there, sir. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little story about a preteen daughter and a phone, an iPhone that is acting up. Okay. I didn't realize how that becomes a cyclone of horrors when you've got a preteen daughter who can't get her dank memes, Uh who can't get her BTS videos, who can't text with her friends. So it's basically a limb has been amputated here. Yes, absolutely. I had to stop everything Mm -hmm. and try to get this fixed. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because it was an interesting issue. She had a battery that had gone south. If you go into the battery health option, which is still beta, yeah, it said your battery's like, yeah, whatever. But what was happening was her screen was freezing. Mm-hmm. She couldn't touch, or you know, occasionally, and it was intermittent. Yeah, so she would touch the screen, move stuff around, and then it would freeze. I dug into Google, and you know, it's like a, you got to put on your like Sherlock Holmes hat sometimes for some of these things. Yes, it's a very twisty rabbit hole. It is a very twisty rabbit hole. And again, I didn't want to buy her a new phone. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that becomes a thing. I'm like thinking, oh, this is going to cost me a heck of a lot of money. And you're a tech dude. You know you got this. Exactly. I did get it. And that was why I was so proud of myself as I was listening to Aretha, watching Pluto, you know, surf. Yeah. It turns out that replacing the battery will solve a lot of screen issues. I had no idea. Is this because the screen needs some kind of battery power to function? It needs consistent, from what I've dug up, and I'm hopefully the source is correct, it needs a consistent power source. So that battery has to be good to go at all times. 
which makes sense if you think about it, because it's a haptic screen. So, you know, yeah. it's got a, a whole bunch of stuff going on, regardless of whether or not you turn off that touch stuff. And sure enough, work like a charm. Saved me a couple hundred bucks. And my daughter still has two weeks of vacation left. So I could not have put up with two weeks of vacation. Yeah, that, that would have been a torture. Now, so did you just find an Apple store in the Disney Resort and no, take it actually, in? No, actually, you know you what? I, I was in a panic. I went to like just some side you know, like, you know, like dude, one of those please. you break, I fix places. Yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, dude, hook me up, man, because yeah. you're killing me. And while I was at it, I got my son's uh, iPod fixed. So, all right, so double trouble. So double it was trouble. it was a vacation, a working vacation yes. with a boost of tech help. Yes, a boost of tech help. You know what? You're never off duty. That's yeah. what I noticed. You yeah. know this for a fact. Yeah, no. When you're the tech focus or the technical lead of your family, twenty four seven, twenty four seven, you're never off. I get calls in the middle of the night. And also, I also came to a realization, and forgive me for just chattering on, but we haven't done this in a while. Yeah. I missed you. I haven't seen you. So, I know. We you know, got to catch, catch up. up. You know, it's been two weeks. So I thought I was going to be one of those cool dads. Since I do do a music show and I'm into music and I've been a musician and a whole nine yards, a record producer, all of that stuff. I figured, psh, I'm going to be into, you know, I'm going to know what the kids are listening to. I'm not going to be one of those folks saying, that's just noise. Or like my grandparents used to say, you know, what is that racket? Uh-huh. I realized I have no idea. I have no idea what kind of music my daughter's into. She likes BTS and K-pop, so she's teaching herself Korean. Okay. But she's into like these weird playlists on Spotify. Now, Spotify is the thing. Like chill, wave, blah, 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 while you study. It's probably given her a musical education that I she wouldn't so. have had just poking around so. a record store like I, we had to do. I understand how my parents felt. Mm -hmm. When I'm listening to hardcore, when I'm listening to gothic whatever... When I'm listening to synthesizer, whatever, and my parents would come in and say, what is that crap? Uh -huh. I understand. I understand. Although BTS is kind of cool. All right. I do like K-pop. All right. So you're you're learning together. Yes, but I'm one of those dads. I didn't want to be, but I am. Well, I, I think it's going to happen regardless. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a generational it thing. Is, it is indeed. It is indeed. Well, just just listen to your craft work or whatever. And, <laughs> yes. and, she still yeah. likes craft work, which is All right. Fine. So you've got a band. I got Yes, there we go. All right, so so should we do a little bit uh, of news? I thought the here? show was over. Are we yeah, done? Yeah, you know, we, we oh, we, we still got like hours to go. Yeah, we, we've amped a little bit there, oh, yeah, but there we um, go. well, well, let's roll right in because this is late August. Not yes, a lot of product news, but nope. there is a whole lot of news going on uh, in regards to social media. Yes. A certain set of midterm elections coming up. Yes. Frantic rushing around about that, mm -hmm. and some may say history seems to be repeating itself, both from 1972 and 2015. Uh, the DNC. Claim someone was uh, attempting to break into the Democratic National Committee's uh, stuff there. Mm -hmm. As reported by CNN later, Vanity Fair, the DNC contacted the FBI last Tuesday after detecting what it believed was the makings of a phishing attack in which someone made a fake web page to collect usernames and passwords that would allow them to access Vote Builder, which is this uh, party voter database thing. Vote Builder. And uh, the DNC was tipped off by the San Francisco-based cybersecurity film Lookout, which also informed uh, the cloud computing company that was hosting the page. So they all were on guard. Oh, this is happening. And they say they thwarted any phishing attempts. But a day or two later, Democratic officials called it all a false alarm. Oopsie. Yes. Uh, when uh, they realized a fake page was a test organized by the Michigan Democratic Party, which was using a group of volunteer white hat hackers, the Digidems, to test the integrity and strength no. of the uh, no. election systems. No, 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 no. Um, but they, they called themselves the, the Digidems. The Digidems, yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, maybe we rework that. Uh, that will only work if it's a Doctor Who evil villain. 
All right. So. All right. The Digi Dems I'll take as a Doctor Who villain. Yeah, because no. it's it's very easy to, yes. to mess, mess that up. There but, you go. but so Michigan forgot to tell a national party they were doing this <laughs> test. I mean, part of me was like, guys. But then you think, well, at least this party was doing it and yes. somebody rose to the occasion and realized there something was going on. Even though it was a returnal shooting your foot off, right. they saw it. So There was thwarting. Yeah, there was they thwarting. Was thwarting so, so, which so that is good. gave me a little hope, but... Social media sites are stepping up their efforts against, I think Facebook calls it inauthentic behavior. I'm done. I'm done with Facebook, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You you were yeah. yeah. So so I guess they're not gonna have any of your behavior nope. authentic or inauthentic. Uh -huh. The only behavior is the fact that I don't use them anymore. Yeah, so so the heck with them. Yeah. Um but uh, inauthentic behavior, I think, is Facebook speak for uh, bots and trolls infesting their services and putting up misinformation and doing all this. Facebook announced it had whacked more than 650 fake pages, accounts, and groups from its site, uh, along with Instagram, noting that some of the activity was traced to Iran and some from Russia. So Ooh. we've got Iran coming in here as, I guess, this new player. But Russia's our friend. Um, no? Depends on where you're at. But uh, <laughs> We don't get political. We yeah, don't we get don't political. get political. So other countries uh, are, are kind of trying to tap in here, as they did uh, previously. Twitter security put out a tweet that said, working with our industry peers today, we suspended 284 accounts on Twitter for engaging in coordinated manipulation. And uh, they say, based on their existing analysis, uh, they thought a lot of these uh, coordinated manipulation accounts were also coming from Iran. Sounds and like a great band name. It does. Coordinated manipulation. Yeah. I bet someone's taken it oh, already, sure but we should did. look. Trademark. Um, Trademark PTJ. Yes. And uh, Google also reports it took down 39 YouTube channels, six blogs on Blogger, and 13 Google Plus accounts, probably the last 13 Google Plus accounts, <laughs> oh, with similar oh, issues oh, oh, oh. Uh, tracing wow. back to Iran. So, wow. You got the heavy gloves on today, don't you? Boom, I, I, boom. It was an easy, yeah, easy target. Was, so, so all of these companies are, because this is August, there are midterm elections in November. Right. There have already been primaries, and they are, I guess people are realizing, oh, we need to step this up. So that's happening there. But Alex Stamos, formerly the head of security for Facebook and Yahoo. And he was on Full House, wasn't he? Uh, and that was his brother, John. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just kidding. I don't know if that was his brother. But it could be a— Could a, be. Sorry. Lame joke. Sorry yeah, about that. It could be a relation. You never know. Yes. Big Greek family. Yes. Um, but he's moved over to the world of academia. I think he's doing some stuff at Stanford now, and he's on a couple of institute think tanks. Um, but he's still keeping an eye on the state of the cyber in regards to U.S. election integrity. Oh, okay. And uh, he just put up a big post on the Lawfare site titled, It's too late to protect the 2018 elections, but here's how the U.S. can prepare for 2020. Not what? the most inspiring yeah, title. Yeah, no. Hey, wait. Despite all the, the efforts by the big tech firms. Is it 2019? Did I sleep through the year? What happened? No, well, he's, he's thinking that things have already been put into place oh. uh, or there has been a lack of attention from the government here about stopping this. I will explain his the title of his piece here. Um, I, I, I will say this, all joking aside and no politics or anything, but don't you feel like you're living in history right now? It's, Isn't that weird, like... It kind of feels, I didn't get this because I was a baby in 1972 yeah. or at least a, 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 a older toddler. So I didn't really get the historic thing, but this is kind of crazy. There is a lot of, of fast moving events to me. And I, I don't remember, I was alive, but I don't remember 1968, which is also a very yes, volatile year absolutely. Uh, in the country with a lot of stuff going on. But from that period on, I think up until 74, there was a lot of stuff. And then you look, there was Vietnam going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kent State. You know, the whole Watergate thing. So it was a, a very uh, jumpy time. Yes, and, and as, as it is now. I don't know if we've come back around to that, you know, 50 years know. later or what. I, don't know. But I guess I guess time will tell. But anyway. 
Yes, uh, but it, it is a... Back a, to the shenanigans. It is a very uh, lively moment in history. Yes. But uh, back to Mr. Stamos's essay, he outlines uh, recent tampering attempts, not only Facebook's actions against the hundreds of information distortion accounts, but Microsoft's recent announcement that it had detected continued spear phishing attempts by APT28 slash Fancy Bear, that uh, Russian mm-hmm. uh, group that's tied to the government or their uh, main intelligence directorate, also known as the GRU. Uh, So Mr. Stamos writes, the revelations are evidence that Russia has not been deterred and that Iran is following in its footsteps. This underlies a sobering reality. America's adversaries believe that it is still both safe and effective to attack U.S. democracy using American technologies and the freedoms we cherish. And why wouldn't they believe that? In some ways, the United States has broadcast to the world that it doesn't take these issues seriously and that any perpetrators of information warfare against the West will at most get a slap on the wrist. While this failure has left the U.S. unprepared to protect the 2018 elections, there is still a chance to defend American democracy in 2020. Now, Mr. Stamos goes on to lament the relatively weak response the U.S. has had to intrusion and tampering in the electoral process, and he sums it up thusly. Thusly. Thusly, I say. Mm -hmm. In short, if the United States continues down this path, it risks allowing its elections to become the World Cup of Information Warfare. Goal! In which you, thank you, in which U.S. adversaries and allies battle to impose their various interests on the American electorate. That's real heavy. I mean, I got to admit, Stamos harshed my mellow just now. Yeah, he, he he's, he's being very, you know? I mean, it's realistic. It's upfront. Uh, he's a security guy. Maybe he's seen stuff that we don't. But to, to fix all of this, though, he calls on Congress to set legal standards uh, for the government to up its national cyber defenses for all 50 states to reinforce and protect their election systems and for future attacks to be quickly investigated and dealt with. So this is his solution for all of that. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying that might be a little too late for the election in a couple of months. That's so sad. Yeah, but it's it, it, it was to me, I was reading this and it's on the law firm site. We'll link to it. But it was kind of a sobering slap upside Very the head. It sober. gets you with the title that, oh, it's too late already. I mean, wow. people say the same thing about climate change, which I'm also a little worried about. But it's very, it's like, whoa, no, stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, we exactly. have to go back in time and fix this. Yeah, because I've been reading so many, you know, like breathless reports about what's going to happen in November. And, you know, the reality is we have no idea at this point. Yeah, who, who knows until it happens. We need to go Battlestar Galactica. Paper ballots off the internet. Yeah. Done. Yeah. That's what we got to do. Take it back to the basics. Yep. In the storm of all of this now, uh, representatives from a dozen of the nation's large tech companies uh, met just this past Friday to discuss the strategy uh, to combat the foreign election interference and what they're going to do in the midterm elections. I know Google has been working with Jigsaw and they just had this whole protect your election initiative Mm. they put up that's got five tools for everything from candidates to parties to journalists to help protect themselves against spear phishing and hacking. Do they have like a hall of justice or is, you know, I haven't seen that yet. It it could happen though. You know, they're, you know, I think it's probably a real estate thing in San Francisco. They're just waiting to get the land, but it's a we work. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the big tech companies are sort of. I crack myself. You up. do. <laughs> yes. No. No. We should do this in a we work. Yes, we should entertain our work neighbors. Yes. So, so, uh, so the big tech companies are, are circling the wagons, uh, yes. if you will. Uh, speaking of the big tech companies, though, the wagons or the drain? Wagons or drain? Wagons around the drain? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Jack Dorsey, um, Twitter's chief executive, uh, has also been doing a round of media the past few weeks, uh, perhaps to combat the service's growing reputation in some circles as a toxic cesspool. Yes. By the way, I've come up with a great term for bots and trolls. Bots and trolls? Trots. Trots? 
There you go. All right. So I like that. So the phrase I've got the trots will have to move. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. the reason, although probably a similar. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So clean tag. Yes. Clean tag. Well, someone I think on Twitter uh, also said that we need a new corollary or variation of Godwin's law, which, you know, every yeah. argument develops to someone calling each other Nazi. Mm-hmm. To every argument uh, devolves into someone calling uh, a <laughs> Russian bot or troll. <laughs> yes. So I, I guess maybe it is time for an update. Yes. But anyway, Mr. Dorsey uh, has been uh, doing some PR, and I saw him on NBC. He's, he's been doing the TV. Oh, he's the TV. working the room. Um, but BuzzFeed has a roundup of his comments uh, during this PR blitz, including his observation that the uh, political discussions have gotten more nuanced since the service went from a tweet character count of 140 to 280. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen that in my feed. Yeah. Um, I have seen a lot of really fun animated GIFs. But, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, uh, Jackie. No. Yeah. Uh, he also addressed the allegations that Twitter's upper management of mostly straight white men were the cause of the service's decade-old failure to deal with harassment. Now, to that, Dorsey commented, I think we probably could have recognized the threats much faster, but I don't know. I think the value of building diverse leadership is the perspective in hearing uh, the community, but at the same time, we also could have been better listeners to what was happening within the service as well. There's probably a lot we potentially ignored or didn't prioritize, um, end quote. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of probabilities and maybes and I don't know. Yeah, there was a little, uh, but this this all goes back to if, if Twitter would have had people who have faced harassment helping to build the service, uh-huh. they would have built in tools to prevent such a thing. Yes. So people who never really get a lot of online harassment mm-hmm. were in charge of this. And yes. there you go. So, Just because, see, the old adage. Just because it doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not an old adage. Maybe it's a new adage. Maybe you just made, yeah, maybe I just you made just it coined up. it. I just coined it right now. Yes. Pop Tech Jam, PTJ, trademark. Kaiser Adage Jam. <laughs> Speaking of Kaiser. Yes. Didn't we get somebody asked? Oh, us yes. We had a comment on the blog uh, yeah. from a listener who wanted to know how you got the moniker Kaiser or right, El gonna, Kaiser properly. I'm sorry to interrupt the news here. Da, 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 no, it's, just, it's a lot of news. We it's need a to break. Lot of news. Okay. Listen, I don't know if you remember, but back in the day when we just, I think we had just started PTJ or it might have been the old show. It might show have been the did. old show. Yeah. We were. Spiros would know. Spiros would know. Yes, he would. Spiros would know. What we were discussing Foursquare. And remember, they used to do the mayors and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you turned around and called me. I turned around, rather, and we were joking about being mayors of whatever. Yeah, mayors were kind of low-ranking. Right, and I said I was the governor. And then you turned around and said, you're, no, forget it, you're not the governor, you're the Kaiser. No, and that's it's when all it coming stuck. back now. Yeah, and that's when it stuck. Mm-hmm. It just took off, people on our Twitter feed and just in general started just calling me Kaiser. So, And I, you've lived up to it ever since. I have lived up to it. With I got your a, handsome collection of hats and capes. Pickle Gruber, I mm-hmm. love saying that. I love saying, I don't even know if that's a real word, but. Yeah, I think it's in German. Yeah, well, it's, it's a. Yeah, it's the pointy hat. Yeah, it's it? another. Yeah, they, they, there's another term for it, but, but, but the pickle group. Oh, I think please. Is, uh, I'm sticking with pickle group. Yeah. I don't care what it is. But that is the history of Kaiser. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. So the listener has been. Mystery solved. Yes. Back into the harshing of the mellows. Well, let's shift off all the election stuff. Okay. Because it was heavy. Yeah. A lot of stuff. But um, we do have a David Goliath kind of story. Oh, here. I love those. As you know, communication companies are intent on rolling out 5G networks to more cities this year. But as we've discussed on the show before, 5G infrastructure gear is kind of big and ugly, and some cities don't Mm. want it blighting their streets. They don't want it. And in one of the latest tussles, uh, this involves the uh, small town of Doylestown in southeastern Pennsylvania. I've been there. Very nice. I think Mm -hmm. there's a James Michener Museum there. But lovely little hamlet. Yes. 
As the Philly.com site reports, Verizon Communications wanted to put dozens of 5G small cell antennas along the streets in Doylestown Borough, population about 8,000. But the residents said no because the gear would blight the small town vibe, and it's also got a lovely collection of Victorian houses there. And they didn't want all of this big clunky tech gear to clog up the streets. I can't blame them. Uh, Some even cited health concerns because they didn't want all that steady exposure to 5G wireless radio waves blasting them as they went about their business. Very legit. So Dolestown officials fought the small cell proposal in state and federal courts for more than a year, spent $150,000 and had 10 public hearings about it, about where these cells would go, where, yeah, you could still get 5G, but it would not be right up in everyone's face on Mm -hmm. Main Street. Mm -hmm essentially. And they actually settled the case last month. They won the right to reduce the number of poles as well as camouflage and relocate some of them. And it also won 5% share of the revenues for the services Verizon or other companies sell through the gear that they put out. So, So they got some concessions there. However, the empire may still strike back. Pennsylvania lawmakers are considering a bill that would largely strip municipalities of zoning oversight when telecom companies Seek permits for small cells on utility poles and traffic lights, you know, your public infrastructure. If enacted, the measure would also set small fees from 25 to 100 bucks for small cell permitting. 20 other states, including Ohio and Delaware, have passed similar legislation, so there is precedent for that. But, you know, you got to love the little town who's like, yeah, we love technology, but we yeah. do not want this stuff like blighting our main street. It's a very American thing. And having corporate America lobby their way into getting rid of this it kind it's, of uh, it's a little worrisome kind man. of icky yeah yeah so uh, moving on um facebook is working on a voice assistant called aloha which some assume could be used uh, if the company makes its own smart speaker i know you're done with facebook an app researcher actually discovered what appears to be the voice assistant code inside the main facebook app and it's a standalone messenger app that it has there Facebook declined to comment upon the discovered feature, but given Facebook's reputation with data, mm-hmm. I really don't want them picking up. I no. mean, who, they're probably already picking up your voice anyway, but. Ain't going to happen. Yes. Yeah, so, Ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, so aloha means hello and goodbye, right? Yes, and, indeed. And, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Now, Walmart and Amazon have been stepping up their competition for customer dollars lately. As we know, Amazon moved into the grocery business and kind of took a little piece out of Walmart super centers there. Yes, yes. But Walmart just partnered up with uh, Rakuten Kobo, which used to be Kobo Books, oh, to yeah. launch Walmart eBooks. Now, Walmart eBooks offers Kobo's library of six million digital titles, as well as a new monthly audiobook subscription, in which customers can sign up for $10 a month. And you can buy the, the Kobo ebook readers there. I think you can also, they're doing this thing where 3,500 Walmart stores will be selling digital book cards so you can buy titles and you'll get a download code for uh, the thing for your e-reader. And they also have apps for iOS and Android. Does Walmart know that ebook sales have kind of sort of tanked? I think they're trying to get them back up here. Oh, they're trying to get them back. Maybe, okay. or they've just realized that, oh, we can sell the readers, we can sell the books, this is a new line. Mm. For us, and maybe, and I, I spend a lot of time in Walmart because um, yeah. I find it a fascinating little slice of American society. But it, uh, you can walk into one of these super centers and just be in there for hours and see things that you never knew existed. Mm-hmm. And while you're wandering around, sometimes you get inspired to buy some of these things you never knew existed. True. So if you've got somebody who likes to read and maybe they didn't have an ebook reader or they wanted an easier way to do it because they just, you know, like the Nook or the, the Kindle was too much. You know, having just going to Walmart and being able to get your waffles and your windshield wiper fluid and an ebook all under one roof is a totally cool thing. <laughs> it is a totally cool thing. So, so we'll see how they do there. But I like Kobo. It's a nice uh, little company. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, it's alternative to some of the bigs. Big time. 
Yes. Now, old news by now since we've been off for a couple of weeks, but the revelation that Google uh, keeps on collecting location data from users even when location history is disabled in the options uh, is still kind of uh, burbling around. Yeah, I, I have a couple of words there that I was going to say, but yeah, it's kind of something. Yeah, the, the clean tag may, yes, uh, yeah. but we would tell them where to go. Oh, probably, yes, I would. That they oh, would yeah. not really need some directions mm-hmm. uh, in the Google Maps to yes. get there. Now, Google changed its location policy to reinforce the fine print that, yeah, it was still tracking you. A man in California has filed a lawsuit accusing Google of violating the state's privacy laws. I'm sure he filed the case in San Francisco. I'm sure he did. Tends to. But the crux of the matter stems from a general misunderstanding of just how complicated Google's location tracking settings actually are in the activity controls menu. As the Gizmodo site describes it, a slider control in the location history section seemed to state that this was a one-stop shop to prevent Google from hanging on to your location data. A support page for the feature read, with location history off, the places you go are no longer stored. But that wasn't entirely true. In order to fully opt out of having your location activity stored by Google, you also have to pause the web and activity control as well. So there was this two-step thing that, that really wasn't obvious, I guess. Now, this acknowledged that if a user digs deeper into Google's product documentation, they, they can find that, oh, yeah, you have to do this. So it was there. It's just people thought they had it done, mm-hmm. but you didn't read far enough. So That's not cool, Google. Yeah, so so this guy uh, still feels this was a privacy violation. He is suing. I can't disagree. Yeah, uh, Google pushed back against the outcry with a statement that said, we provide clear descriptions of these tools and robust controls so people can turn them on or off and delete their histories at any time. Uh, on Friday, it had changed the wording of the support page to make it clear that some Google services would continue following you around unless you did the thing. Uh, The lawsuit could potentially go to class action, though. Ah, okay. So we can all collect a little uh, chump change there? If you join in. um, Yeah, well, But uh, I I kind of was not surprised by any... Absolutely not. If you dig deep enough, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. And I think it was worse on Android devices than than iPhones, too. I'm not a surprise. Yeah, I mean, they, they... you know, they made Android, so they know how it works. Hey, you get what you pay for. Yes. Um, but speaking of Apple, if it's late August, uh, the whispers about the annual fall event are starting to grow louder. The U.S. Open? That and uh, the iPhone event oh, of the yes. fall. Oh, sorry. Although U.S. Open, it's a natural thing because we're in New York I and see, people exactly. are all, you know, going out there to the Arthur Ashe Tennis it's Center. favorite part. The trains are going to run like clockwork for two weeks. The this M- is beautiful. The MTA has a lot of... Uh, yes, they, they got a lot of work to do. Hopefully they will keep the goats off the tracks, and, which actually happened in New York this week, too. Yes, it did. Yes. Your end train is delayed because of two goats on the track. Yes. Um, all right, so tennis and Apple's event. Yes. But after compiling tips and looking at history and how Apple does these things and reading that guy who always monitors the supply chain, yes, the Boy yes. Genius Report has already predicted the date of the event as well as the iPhones it thinks Apple will be announcing. So we'll see how precise they are. But the BGR site uh, said it thinks Apple will hold its media event and make its announcements on September the 12th and start taking pre-orders on Friday, September the 14th. The new iPhone models will then be released one week later on Friday, September the 21st. That That's usually the gap yeah, that Apple has. Sure, so sure. Yeah, I, I could kind of see that. Now, about those new iPhone models, Boy Genius Report thinks there will be three new iPhones all in the style of the iPhone 10, with the face scanning and no home button, and, you know, the, the big expansive screen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the prices, I have not heard them say, but as we know, the iPhone ten was the first one to uh, go uh, $1,000. But they predict a next generation of the iPhone ten with upgraded components and that same 5.8-inch OLED screen. 
So, but, you know, better performance there. They also think there will be a 6.5-inch plus-size version of the phone, also with the OLED screen, and also a new lower-cost iPhone model with a 6.1-inch LCD screen and probably more demure tech specs just mm-hmm. to, to bring it down into the more entry-level uh, yes. category. Affordable. Yes, affordable. So so that's what they're predicting there. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple will usually send out invitations about a week before they have an event just so journalists have time to book their plane tickets. Well, uh, I didn't get a chance to run this by you, but we have our own prediction, like Boy Genius. Uh-huh. I, in my extensive investigation, have found out that Apple is going to bring back the scroll wheel iPod, 160 gig. Actually, I think they're going to Bump it up to 256. That's just my, you know, my source. You're taunting me. You're taunting me. (laughs) I am. I'm I'm taunting myself. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. But that would be. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? That that would be my dream because it was. With a one terabyte drive. There are people who are hoarding old iPod classics on eBay. I have four. I have four. Trying to find parts for it. It's like your beautiful old car. Shrink wrapped in my house. In your bunker. Under lock and key. Because I remember you you bought the week before they discontinued it because you knew they were going to discontinue it. I sure did. Listen, can you imagine a classic iPod with a one terabyte drive? Oof. That would be awesome. It's doable. One terabyte flash drive. Hey, Apple, we know you're listening. Well, we know Google's listening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But listen, think about it. Think of the music lovers. Not everyone wants to stream. Yes. And put a headphone jack on this sucker, please. Yeah. 3.5 mm. Just for me. You know what I'm saying? You can call it the Kaiser Jack. Do me a solid, as yes. we used to say back in the day. That would be glorious. To dream. I know. Yeah. Just, we want to go in the lab and just make our own. Yes, indeed. But, uh, all right, so so we'll see if the Apple thing, we'll probably hear about it next week if it happens. Uh, it's um, going to be breathless coverage, you know. Yes. Also in smartphone news, the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 is rolling out with its own $1,000 price point. Uh, the new Note sports a 6.4-inch screen, robust battery life, dual aperture camera, Zippy processor, and plenty of that Samsung software. It also has a feature called DEX that lets you connect the phone to an external display and then even use it with a wireless keyboard or mouse to turn it into a mini desktop system in case you cannot okay. be bothered to throw in a ultrabook or something into your bag. Yeah. Uh, however, as Brian X. Chen of the New York Times points out, the Note 9 may have more features than what the average user needs uh, in a phone anyway, mm-hmm. and a cheaper Android model may suffice. But he says it's got some very nice stuff, but it might be just a little too much overkill. Too much for- phone. Yeah, Sometimes too much phone. you can get too much phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so but we'll, we'll post a link to his review. And we are friends of Brian X. Chen, yes. So yes, we love he Brian. He knows what he's talking about. Yes, now Microsoft really wants to snag some new Xbox owners. The company is rumored to be working on an Xbox One console bundle that buyers will be able to pay off on a monthly installment plan instead of you know, coughing all the cash up front. Oh, great. Yeah, well, you've got the Xbox now. I so. know. I just got it. But I could have uh, put it on layaway. But, well, you know, timing is everything. The initiative is called uh, Xbox All Access, and each bundle will contain either the Xbox One X or S console, two years of Xbox Game Pass, and a two-year Xbox Live Gold subscription. And uh, they think the Xbox One X bundle will probably cost about $35 a month over a two-year period, after which you own the console, and uh, you just need to uh, renew the Gold Pass uh, subscription Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And the uh, Xbox One S bundle will cost about $22 a month. So, again, your more entry-level affordable option. Right. Right, so, right, right. but I don't think they've officially announced that, but people are whispering and it's been on a bunch of the tech blogs. I got to tell you that Xbox One X, whatever the heck it's called. What is it called? The Xbox One X, uh, Yeah. Right? It's, that's really doesn't roll off the tongue. You know what I'm saying? They, they kind of maybe focus group that a little yeah, more. Yeah, they, they should have. Anyway, it is a heck of a machine. It screams? Right? It screams. 
screams. It plays 4K video like nothing. It's amazing. And it's it really going to hit your is. house in the winter, too. It, it re- well, you know what? It doesn't. Actually, really? I think we talked about this oh, before. Oh, it's got a cool cooling system? Yeah, it's not like the PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3 will heat up your house. There's yeah. no question about it. At least mine did. I had the big, chunky one. Yeah. But no, it's just amazing. I mean, I'm legitimately impressed by the hardware. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was an old school gamer. We both were PC gamer. He just got out of the gaming because it just became a an arms race. It just yeah. became an arms race trying to keep your machine up to date to run these PC games. I just I just suggested, dude, man, look into the the Xbox. It's just the the hardware itself and the, the games. It's future proofed a little bit, right? It like is you're not very gonna... much future proofed. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry, off on a tangent again. Yeah. So you know, you love the gaming. Yes. For the camera fans, Nikon has rolled out its version of the mirrorless camera for high end photos with interchangeable lenses uh, that give you all those really excellent photos without the yes. bulky weight of a DSLR. Which I was kind of intrigued by this because dragging around a DSLR is it's a lot of gear to haul. Yeah. You know what I. But I really missed not having it on my vacation. Yeah, I mean, you get great pictures. That's yeah. the trade-off is yeah. you got to put a little back into it's it. It's worth it, But you get yeah. much better pictures. Yeah. But so Nikon is, is trying to go smaller with this mirrorless Sony and Canon, I think, already have their versions. The Nikon Z7 has a 4.57 megapixel sensor and 493 focus points. So imagine wow. how crisp those photos yeah. are going to be. The high the resolution alone, but it also sports a price tag of $3,400 just for the body and $4,000 if you get the bundled lens. So you're going to pay for that beauty. Yes. The uh, other one in the line, the Nikon Z6, will have a 24.5 megapixel sensor with 273 focus points to really capture your crisp photos. That one's going to cost about $2,000 for the camera body or $2,600 for body and kit lens. I've had two Nikon cameras and I've had issues with both of them, so I'm... Solidly in the Canon. You're a Canon man. Yeah, I am indeed. I have shot both, and I actually have a Sony. Uh, So all of them kind of have the. Well, I've got a little Sony RX100, which Mm -hmm. is great just for the pocket thing, but it does great low light stuff. I'm kind of torn because there's certain things I like about Nikon and certain things I like about Canon. I think it depends on if you've got gear from the old days, like your lens library. Right. Lenses. Um, But one of the best cameras ever had was uh, the Canon PowerShot G9. Oh, yeah. It was an amazing little thing. And it it took great pictures and it was basically a point and shoot for the pros. Yes, indeed. And whatever the current version of that is now um, is probably just as good. But and finally. And finally. With all the intense and sometimes depressing headlines dominating the news cycles these days, it's nice to get a break and see something a bit more inspiring. Oh, yeah. uh, That does not involve kitten memes. Yes. Um, The New York Times has been running a roundup called The Week in Good News for a while, but now the Google Assistant wants to make you happy. Uh Uh-oh. As part of an experimental feature, users in the U.S. can command the Google Assistant to, quote, tell me something good and get, in Google's words, a brief news summary about people who are solving problems for our communities and our world. So sort of like the up with people up you with know, people. story. Every, yeah. Okay. Which, yeah, we can make fun of it. It's kind of nice, though, to get it inspired nice. by humanity I mean, let's again. Let's be honest. It is nice. Yeah. I, I You know what? I'm not going to snark on this. Yeah. So, so the, but Google is not alone. You know, the Times is doing it on other sites. They're yeah. realizing that. Things are just moving uh, to your point earlier at this accelerated pace of history that sometimes you just kind of need to stop and yeah. appreciate, you know, life around you. And There's still good in the world. There's still calmness. There's still sanity out there. Yes. You just have to look for it a little you harder some days. You to dig a little bit. Yes. Um, but that's it for this immense portion of news that we've had today. Hey, you know what? We were gone for two weeks. Yeah, we were gone for two We had some things to discuss. Yes. Uh, but for anyone out there who wants to see links to all the original stories in which we got this material from, mm-hmm. you can find it at... PopTechJam.com. 
Up next, I'm going to have a brief comment on Windows troubleshooters and if they work or not. Microsoft. Microsoft. Yes, we, we've both worked in tech support before and helping people fix yes, systems. And, yes, we have. And I've spent a lot of time on Quick Assist, which is the Windows 10 version of Windows Remote Assistance, mm-hmm. which is actually quite helpful. But uh, while I was uh, poking around in the Windows 10 settings, have you noticed all of the little troubleshooters they've been collecting over the years just to fix little things? Yes. I had someone ask me, it's like, well, what do these Microsoft troubleshooters do? Because they never really seem to fix anything. And so I said, well, let me look into this. And sort of, and they, they've been around for a while. I think Windows XP even had like the troubleshooting yeah. wizards. Sure. And then Microsoft for a while was doing these Microsoft fix-it things where you could download a little script from the web. Yep. But basically, uh, for people who aren't familiar with them, uh, the troubleshooter utilities are small programs or scripts that focus on a problem you may be having on the computer, like with a specific function, like your Bluetooth not working or sound doesn't play or Windows Update won't update. And they're designed to seek out and repair very specific things like unregistered or corrupted dynamic link library files, outdated or damaged drivers, setting in the Windows registry that just mm. got out of whack for whatever reason. Oh, that rascally Windows registry. Yes. Yeah, so, so these things are programmed with a mission in mind. But if your system is different, like you've got different hardware drivers right. or there's some software on there, it can trip it up. So well, a lot of times if you run the thing and nothing's happening, that means that little script is just hitting something it can't deal with. And so it either just loops or it poops out and says it can't fix it. So that's yep. probably what's happening there. Sounds reasonable. If the troubleshooter fails to shoot your trouble, um, <laughs> what you can do, what I usually do, because I'll try a troubleshooting, but it doesn't do anything. And sometimes it'll work. Like if it's a very simple thing, yeah. it, it'll fix it for you. I'll just go to the online support forums or look out for instructional videos on YouTube to see people who've hit this before and yep. have fixed it. So so that's sort of your backup if the troubleshooting thing does not work. If you want to try that, if you're unaware that these things were on your system uh, and want to kind of take a look, you know, just for future reference, or if you're having some sort of problem, you can get to them in the uh, Windows 10 systems. Just press the Windows and I key, open up the settings box, and uh, select update and security icon, and then you'll see a troubleshoot there on the side. And if you click on that, it'll give you a whole bunch of little things that the different troubleshooting scripts uh, that are designed to fix these uh, problems. That's right. If you're on older versions of Windows, you can go into the control panel and look for the troubleshooting icon and then run them from there. Right. Sometimes they help. I find that they're a little bit better sometimes with like networking things. Not always, but but I have had it sort of fixed like a wireless connection every once in a while. That's usually the only one that works for me. Yeah. Every once in a while, that'll, that'll give me a hit. But yeah. That's about it. Yeah, I, but I mean, it's for me, it's a more of a placebo thing. Yeah, and, and the the... Sometimes, like, because the drivers, I think, are where it fails a lot. It's, it's just drivers driver. are always all over the always the map. Uh, so, um, so yeah, and then you really, you know, you can't have this little script to it. Then you have to kind of roll up your sleeves and get into it. Mm-hmm. The troubleshooters were designed for people who were scared to do that. Right. And if you just can't deal with it in the machines, you know, just go to a repair place, you know. Uh, right. If you don't want to, like, do online forums and, and try to figure it out yourself. Yeah, but, let the geek squad handle it. Yeah, that, that, that's what they're there for. Yeah. But uh, but if you've never seen the troubleshooters or wondered, uh, I tried this, it didn't work, what's the point? This is probably why it's just hitting something it can't, uh, it's a variable it hadn't anticipated. Exactly. And therefore fail. <laughs> but, but anyway, this has been a little hopefully helpful hint on uh, Windows troubleshooters. A triple and, H? Yes. 
Windows troubleshooters and why they work and why sometimes maybe not so much. You know what? Should we uh, let our listeners off the hook? We've gone on for a while now. Yeah, we should. The, the listeners probably want to get back to their yeah, daily but I'm, lives. You know, I miss them. It was, you know, it's yeah. been a while, you know? Yeah, but and we must thank the listeners. Thank yeah, you, listeners. We, thank you, listeners. Thank you very much. And thank the bros. Builtbybros.com. Yes. Build something with the bros. And you know what? We got Labor Day coming on. We got other things happening. So... We're going to do a couple of shows and then probably take another short break. But then I think through the rest of the year. Yeah, through the fall, we will be here yeah, with we'll, things to say. Uh, yeah, we'll be here at least 90%. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, Life just, has gotten complicated. You know, there's just, it's like one of those obstacle courses. Yes. They just, you know. But we'll always be here for you listeners. Yes. Always. So so thank you again, listeners. And we hope everyone uh, has had, summer is uh, rapidly growing to a close here yeah. with the, because uh, Labor Day, it's Labor Day's coming up uh, next weekend. Yes, so. indeed. So we hope everyone has had a good summer and or winter, uh, no matter where you're at. And um, we'll be back next time with more tech news and uh, shenanigans and uh, Kaiser comments. Big cars and big wings. Yeah. Boss, I shouldn't have any big dreams. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Man, I'm trying to get set up.